on, everyone, and welcome into this edition of B-Shape Daily Live, where we have today some late-breaking news to discuss. As the Cardinals announced just a little bit ago that they have optioned Jordan Walker to AAA Memphis and have signed Taylor Motter to a major league deal, which is really just uh, they're bringing back Taylor Motter. The language of it doesn't matter. They had designated him for assignment. He is he had accepted the assignment to Memphis, so he was going to stay part of the organization, but then they quickly re-add him to the roster. I guess the 40 man was at 39, and so now it's at 40. I don't really uh I, I don't really know what the implications of that are. If anybody has the answer for it. I've been doing a radio show and then that got over, and so I jumped on here. Um so I'm I'm flying a little bit blind if there's been other news that has come out, but uh I wanted to talk about the Jordan Walker thing because it's crazy to me. As crazy as you think it is. I agree with you. I don't really know what the Cardinals are are aiming for with this one. Let's talk about the beginning. When they first had Jordan Walker in spring training, and he started off so hot, and everybody said, hey, this guy's got to make the roster. He's got to be on the opening day roster. And then what happened? He sort of tailed off a little bit toward the mid and late portion of, of the Grapefruit League. He His numbers declined. But when asked about it, Ali Marmel, John Mozalak, anybody who was asked about it with the team, repeated that we saw from Jordan Walker what we needed to see. Jordan Walker has the maturity for his age is only 20 years, only 20 years old, still doesn't turn 21 until May. But his maturity and the way he carried himself, the way he handled failure, all of that was really valuable to us. And we thought Jordan Walker's ready for this opportunity. Let's bring him up. And then he goes on, uh, what was it, a 12-game hitting streak to begin his career? I think I got the number right. And is looking really good. Maybe has some room to grow in terms of uh, adjusting into the power swing at the big league level, but that's not really a surprise because even going back into the minors, he was never a huge power hitter necessarily. He was a great hitter who would occasionally run into home runs and he would hit the ball hard on a line. And so it would go over the fence sometimes, but Jordan Walker was not a power hitter necessarily. And we heard from Ollie Marmel a day or two ago when Katie Wu out there in San Francisco asked, and uh, she tweeted out the answer about why Jordan Walker wasn't playing and, and he was working on his swing and some different things they wanted him to do. And so that's going to probably be the company line when it comes to the move to Memphis for Jordan Walker, right? He's got some things that they wanted to work on, and he'll be back right now. There's just not playing time. If you think about the five outfielders for three spots on a daily basis, you think about the fact that Nolan Gorman is uh, occupying the designated hitter slot most of the time. There's just not a lot of room to work with when it comes to Jordan Walker, and that's fine on its own in a vacuum. Like, I can buy the explanation even if I don't agree with it. For me... I said it last night. I would have Jordan Walker drilled with his spikes connected to the dirt, to the grass in right field at every stadium they go to. He's in there every single day. Every day he plays. Don't care about the matchup. Don't care about anything. He plays. The end. Maybe that's how John Mozeliak felt too. I wonder if that's the case where Mozeliak is looking at this and going, okay, yeah, Jordan Walker went through some struggles after that 12-game hitting streak. Kind of figured there would be. He's a young player. There is an adjustment curve when you consider the guy has never played in AAA. That was maybe why some people were skeptical of the notion that he could just go right in and get it done. But at the same time, uh, I don't know if we lost the stream there for a minute. We may have it. it, it it's freezing. Yeah, the stream's probably freezing. My internet's having a hard time today, so apologize for that. Um, stick with it if you can. If not, I'll just kind of chat with myself about it, and we'll we'll move along. Um, and then you, it'll be on B-Shape Daily, too, because I am recording the audio. I'm going to make sure everybody knows that. Anyway, we're going to continue to talk about this, and I'll, I'll post it up with some edits on the uh, the feed for anybody that's not able to listen right now. So when it comes to Jordan Walker and the struggles that he had gone through a little bit, it's one of those deals where you got to let him play through it, right? Because he's a young player. He's got a wealth of uh, ability 
to be able to turn into a star at this level. And so I feel like, okay, you just let him play through it. The Cardinals roster is not allowing that right now because of the number of players they have. But Ali Marmel still gets to choose who to prioritize on this roster. He still gets to decide who gets the playing time. Now, is there maybe a factor of this that when you look at right field at Oracle Park, it's a difficult place to play, especially for an inexperienced outfielder like Jordan Walker? I think there might be some truth to that, potentially. And so the first couple of games of this series, Jordan Walker doesn't play. And again, we got the explanation yesterday that it was related to his offense, actually, more so than their concern about his defense. But I I feel like it's impossible to ignore that the defensive aspect of a difficult right field in San Francisco might have played a role in this. But at the same time, uh, clearly there's some thought about the offense and wanting him to uh, maybe become more well-rounded and work on the different tweaks that he's making. But when you look at the fact that he's actually on a three-game hitting streak right now, like when he comes back to St. Louis, he will still be on a three-game hitting streak and a chance to extend it to four because he was four for his last 10 over his last three starts, had two walks, was on base six times in those games. And still they they have this situation coincide where he misses a couple days in a row, coinciding with ho- uh, going out to San Francisco, which is why I say it almost has to be that the outfield and the difficulty of playing in that spot has, has played into this decision-making process for Ollie Marmel. But maybe it's a case where John Mozeliak was resistant. Like, okay, why don't they do this a few days ago when Paul DeYoung comes back? That could have been the move. If you wanted Walker to be off this roster in favor of Taylor Motter, that could have been the move then. But, I mean, like, I think about it. Jordan Walker was playing then. Like, he hadn't gotten benched consecutive days in San Francisco at that point in time. He was doing well over the weekend with the the 4 for 10 that I mentioned and a couple of walks. So, Maybe it wasn't in the mind of John Mosellek to have it go this way. I don't I don't know for sure that it's a decision that Ollie Marmel and John Mosellek are on the same page about. But if I'm Mo and I'm looking at it and I'm saying, well, if the manager's not playing the guy, uh, he does need the at-bats, maybe this is just the time to make it happen. It's not to say that they're not in agreement about it, but I'm just speculating without knowing the inside story at this point, trying to figure out what's going on. Because to me, it doesn't make any sense to send him down. If you believed in him a month ago when you decided after a struggle in the Grapefruit League that you were going to bring him up and you believed him enough to to do it then, it's confusing to me why you still don't have that same belief about the player. And maybe it's the circumstances that have changed, but again, you knew the five outfielders and who they were going to be going into the season. Did did John Mozeliak expect less Alec Burleson in the everyday lineup? I don't know. I don't have the answer to that. I do think that when it boils down to it, though, you've got to have Jordan Walker playing if he's going to be here. And so if you're not going to play him, send him out. I think that makes enough sense. I don't agree with it, but he's got to he's got to play somewhere. You cannot be stunting this guy's development at 20 years old. So that's the move that they've made. They've sent him out. Let's talk about the other part of this, though, when it comes to Taylor Motter being back on the team. In spring training, before Paul DeYoung hurt his back, the whole thing was, and this is going back to winter warm-up, Paul DeYoung was going to have to be the guy on this roster, the middle infielder, the utility guy to show some versatility and move around a little bit because Tommy Edmond was the starting shortstop. A couple of days into his tenure, back with the Cardinals after the injured list, Paul DeYoung has started at shortstop and then has started at shortstop again. And then the third game, he came in as a pinch hitter, got the job done, and then moved into the game at shortstop. That's not what he was billed as being back in spring training, back at winter warm-up throughout the entire process. Tommy Edmond has turned into the guy who starts but is also apparently utility because they're going to move him to second base every time that Paul DeYoung's in the game. That's what's happened so far. Tommy Edmond has made two errors at second base, by the way, being jerked around by the Cardinals this week. Is he a gold glove second baseman, so you expect that those kinds of things aren't going to continue? Absolutely. He is as sure-handed of a fielder as there is, but two days in a row, 
I'm not saying one happened because of the other, but it has just happened that Tommy Eben has struggled in those spots and has given up a couple of key errors and uh, put the Cardinals in a spot that, you know, they've lost two games, not directly because of those errors necessarily, but the error in the ninth inning both days, or the, the first day wasn't the ninth. It was the the big inning that Drew Verhagen gave up, uh, the seventh of that game one in San Francisco. The errors have played into that. My thought is, you do not need Taylor Motter and Paul DeYoung on the same roster. They serve the same purpose. They're both the 26th man. You don't need two of them. Offensively, I would say Paul DeYoung offers more upside, but I guess you could really flip a coin on that. If he's been struggling, then you, you may feel differently. But defensively, I thought surely at least Paul DeYoung is going to give you uh, an upgrade at a few of those positions. He can play third. He can play second in addition to playing short. The fact that the Cardinals have not played him anywhere but short the last couple of days is interesting to me. He was supposed to be the utility man. That is the way they described it. It's not been the way that it's played out. And so is that part of this decision? You need Taylor Motter because you need more guys who can play second? I mean, they've got Gorman. They've got Donovan. I, I don't – it wouldn't make sense that that was the case. So you look at why now Taylor Motter over Juan Yepes, who has a 917 OPS and 12 at-bats with the Cardinals this season, has been fine in Memphis, but I don't really care what his numbers in Memphis are because I, I feel like I've seen enough from Juan Yepes at the big league level to know what he offers relative to Taylor Motter, and I'm taking Yepes. If you're looking for help off the bench in terms of offense, I'm taking Yepes. So that tells me there's a defensive aspect involved in this, perhaps. And I don't, you know, unless there's an injury to Juan Yepes or something that I don't understand, it's another weird aspect of this for me. Uh, looking at the comments here a little bit, and I know there's really not anybody in the stream, uh, but people will be able to go back and listen. I apologize, uh, apologize for the uh, technical issues. Uh, the stream is not canceled, but... Uh, Nobody can see it, unfortunately. I'm going to read a couple of these comments, though. I'm going to edit up for you guys and have at least a little bit of a reaction podcast uh, available. Uh, Caleb feels like he's being gaslit. Uh, Paul says more frustrating moves that help absolutely nothing. Yeah, like Jordan Walker was the problem with this team. He absolutely wasn't. Um, and I'm not saying that by making this move, the Cardinals are claiming that he is. But it's just a very frustrating way for things to go when you consider um, the way they talked about him out of spring. It's very different from what we're seeing right now. Without a doubt. Um, remember when we said DeYoung was going to fill the Mata role? Well, now what? Exactly. Why do you need DeYoung and Mata on the same roster? I don't think it makes sense. I really do not think it makes sense. And Drew's asking about Yepes, which is completely correct. Um, few answers to justify this. Just absolutely lost as a fan, says j Row. And here's the thing. Cardinals need to go out and win tonight. Like, Steven Matz needs to go out and shove. Because if these questionable moves are made, and it is questionable, it doesn't make sense to me as somebody who follows the team pretty closely I'm scratching my head over this. I can speculate as to why they did it. I can buy some of the company line and reject some other parts of what they're going to say about this move. But the bottom line is the team is 9-15. and 15. They need to win games right now. And if they're unable to do that, that's only going to cast more of a heavy spotlight on these decisions. And so winning can cure everything. That's still true. Winning can cure weird roster decisions. It can't. But this was a weird roster decision, if you ask me. Hunter says, why the hell did we bring Motter back of all people? He's the same as Young. No positional value added. Meanwhile, Yepi is raking. Exactly. If it's not a defensive move, then you're not going to bring in Motter over Yepes. If it is a defensive move, why is DeYoung on the team? DeYoung should be able to play these multiple positions. It's Like, that's it. It's simple. There's I don't even know what the alternate explanation is going to be that's going to make me feel bad about saying what I'm saying right now. It doesn't make any sense. Avatar Dan says, hey, if you're tanking, just let us know you're tanking. Was his defense that bad? His defense was bad. Jordan Walker's not an outfielder, though. Like he's, well, he is, but he's working on it. I'm not going to say that he got option for his defense in right field 
um, because it just I, I, to me that would be that would be a, a misplay by the Cardinals because you got I mean he's going to have to get better at it, but offensively what he can bring to the table I think is so much more, and so you allow him to work through some of those things. That's the way I would have seen it go. The Cardinals uh, did not apparently agree with that. Triple A is in a batting cage. He's not that bad in the outfield. This move and other uh, and those answers are just smoke to pacify people who don't know common sense. Yeah, I don't know what their answers are going to be, but they are going to definitely be interesting. Um, smart move to get some swings, says Randy. He needs to work on the ability to hit breaking pitches. He broke a Ted Williams record while in the majors. No one else can say that, and he's only 20. Yeah, totally right. I think he would have found the adaptability at the major league level to keep going, um, but unfortunately... It was not. Uh, it was not something that that the Cardinals believe they're going to continue to do right now. I don't agree with it. I apologize. Apologize for the stream not being very uh, cohesive today. Um, but that's kind of my reaction to this Jordan Walker move. Bottom line: Stephen Matz needs to get out there and shove now because it can make everything else look a lot better. Unfortunately, unfortunately, Jordan Walker's not going to be a part of that. But hey, when he gets back to St. Louis, he can have a chance at a four-game uh, hitting streak. So that's exciting. Yeah, tied a Ted Williams record, broke the Ted Williams record. But a couple of weeks later, the team is losing, and so the Cardinals say, hey, we're going to need to uh, we're gonna need to make a move. I don't agree with it. I'm curious to see the way that this ends up going for the Cardinals, how long Jordan Walker is down there, um, and then what the explanation is. Hopefully tonight we have better internet for B-Shafe Daily later on, and we're able to uh, get things figured out. Um, but my internet is cutting in and out right now, and so that's why I've had these issues. But... Luckily, I had a back-end Audacity stream going, and so I will have the audio up on B-Shape Daily as soon as possible. Thank you guys so much for joining me, and we'll talk to you next time on B-Shape Daily. Peace!